I hope you are enjoying our podcast, and just know that I love to hear from you. You can email me through our website at michaelberryshow.com, and I read everyone, and I, I try to respond to everyone. I'm also appreciative that you support our sponsors. Our sponsor, our presenting sponsor for our podcast, it makes this all happen, is Gallery Furniture, Jim McInville. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give you a cell phone number, 281-844-1963. Say, hey, Mac, thanks for sponsoring Michael Berry's podcast. Well, listen to this, how awesome this is. Matthew writes, Czar, I will celebrate 43 years of marriage this weekend. I went to a quarry. I had my hearing aids checked at Memorial Hearing. And we will go to Federal American Grill on Shepherd this weekend. Thank you for your recommendations. How about that? Try to get people comfortable in 18 years with the idea. I'm not going to hide from you the business model of the show. You hear the word transparency used and you almost never have it. You almost never have it. Almost no business makes money the way you think they make money. Amazon, for instance. Amazon makes their money off AWS and almost nobody knows what AWS is. Now, you're contributing to it. It's a big part of your life. It was a big part of your life when um, somebody lost their, was it Trump lost his Twitter handle? And then somebody lost their, their web presence, and then they went over to another, maybe it was Rumble, or wasn't True Social. Somebody lost their web presence. They were canceled. And then went over to Rumble, and Rumble's web hosting company was Amazon, and Amazon said, we won't host you. Effectively, in the short term, which is what does it, uh, snuffing out that site and that voice. That's when people woke up to, oh, this is where Amazon makes their money. It's all in public reports, and I don't expect anybody to read public reports, but car dealerships make their money on repairs, not new car sales. Anybody that's ever been in the business knows this. You don't make, you hardly make anything on that. Uh, Gas stations don't make their money on the gas. The gas is how they get you there. They make their money if you come inside. That's the high profit margin. Bucky's doesn't make their money on gas. Bucky's could sell the gas and almost does for what it costs them to stock it because the, the money is on the inside. And that's why they've expanded and expanded and expanded. Uh, we could go on and on and on. This is, this is true of, of so many things. This is why so many companies now have an add-on when you buy. Hey, would you like to scotch guard that? Hey, would you like a warranty on that? Hey, would you like, <clears throat> okay, you bought this, would you like to finance it? Because the financing becomes the driving force. And there's nothing wrong with this. I just think it's good people understand it. So the transparency of it all, which I've tried to get people to embrace, and some people never will, is that there is an economic model here. And and by the way, I don't think we're the only ones that can do it. I think other people can do it if you understand it. And if you're true to it, I don't do, I don't take every show sponsor for a reason. Um, I don't stay with every show sponsor. We have fired them because we got so many complaints. 
and they weren't ever able or willing to fix them. But the goal has to be, and it's an ever-changing dynamic process that that we believe in someone in a field. I don't sell you. I've said this for years and years. I'm not going to convince you to buy something, nor do I want to, that you didn't already want. My model is, our model is, if you are looking for a vehicle and thinking maybe of a Chevy, Classic Elite. That that's how I want that to work. Uh, if you are looking for a pool cleaner, Miller Pools. That's who cleans my pool. So when I do business with somebody, if I like them, I'm not a salesman, but I say, hey, or usually they'll say it to me first. Hey, I want to sponsor your show. It costs a lot of money. People think that I'm being arrogant when I say, no, it's not for tiny. A guy that sells cupcakes on the side of the road can't afford our show. I don't say that to brag. I say that because there's only so much space. We can only let so many people into the Willie Nelson, Willie Nelson concert. That's all we can do. So I might like to let you in, but I got to pay Willie one hundred ninety thousand dollars. So one hundred ninety thousand dollars. So I got I got to make that back. So you do the numbers. I do have a good quality of life, and our team has a good quality of life, and every day I strive to make both of those better. I'm not ashamed of that. I think one of the problems we have on our side of the aisle even is that we got sucked into the lab where people are resentful if people make money. And so people who do make money have had to learn to hide that fact because there will be resentment. No, I don't think that's a good idea at all. I think you should show that there's more money to be made. Crockett and I have been the last couple of days talking about the decision Messi made to, to play in Miami and turn down the big money in in the Middle East, where he didn't play in the desert. And he took the short-term sacrifice, which turned out to be a long-term gain, whereas Ronaldo, his rival, took the short-term cash, and it's not working out for him. Look, it's, you ask a second grader, you want to have ice cream, but you love once a day, for the next five days, starting two days from now, and then for five days have it? Or do you want one ice cream and no more ice cream for the next week? Right now, right now, right now. The ability to to delay gratification is what separates us from animals. They're not deep thinkers. And I will tell you, most people, and this is what separates. There are certain habits. You know, you you read these seven habits of highly effective people. There's a lot of crap out there. And there are a lot of people writing books about things, and they're not themselves successful and never have been. They just learn the words. And that's also true of psychology and self-help and uh, uh, trauma and all this. When When you see, and it's all over YouTube and there's books about it, when you see someone using the word journey all the time, that is the equivalent of corporate speak. Think outside the box. They, they learn the lingo, and they make a living being a person who coaches or advises or whatever else does seminars for other people, but there's no track record themselves to speak of. Most of the people you want to learn from are not the people who are actually supposedly teaching these conferences. 
most of the people you want to learn from are people too busy doing what it is you want to learn how to do to have time to stop and create a course. There's the dilemma. The dilemma is how to get them to stop for a moment and turn and over their shoulder, throw a few nuggets that you can learn from. That's where I think the TED Talks was actually a pretty good thing. The problem was they created so many TED Talks that you had TED Talks on stupid stuff. But there were some people who prepared for one speech that was going to be filmed, that was going to be shared, that was taken very seriously, that, that was, that was uh, you know, this august setting. And, and I think, and I've watched a lot of those TED Talks. A lot of them are, are, are just wonderful. But anyway, back to the point. Um, this is a business model. It is a ministry. It is a passion. It is something we believe deeply in. And I'm unashamed of in the process, I want to make as much money as I possibly can. And I'm not going to donate it all. And I'm not going to be ashamed of that. And by the way, I want you to be the same way. Guitars, cigars, and a few thoughts from the czar. The Michael Berry Show. All sing together, y'all. In a boy, soft and trembling, she'd sing you know a song, song to cowboys. A guy named Dallas Frazier. I met Dallas at the at one of the country halls of fame, maybe Texas. Oh, when Tracy Bird was being inducted in the uh, Texas Music Hall of Fame, and <laughs> so I got to do Tracy's introduction, and I was pretty excited about it. And Dallas was being introduced, being introduced, and. Uh, He's a long time. I think he has a show on XM now. He's one of those guys that will be forgotten to history, but there was a time that he was he was kind of a what was it? It was a Jewish guy from Brooklyn, Seymour Hirsch. Was that his name? I can't remember the guy's name. He was sort of ostensibly the manager of a hotel in New Orleans, but Huey Long. He was kind of the guy that did things for Huey Long, right? And Dallas Frazier was a guy that was always kind of around the industry. A lot of the guys, you know, might spend a weekend at his place. He might go on tour with them. T.G. Shepard, who was Bill Brower in, in his real life before that, managed Elvis. And he was that guy. That's T.G. Shepard's a guy that if I need to get a hold of somebody, I can text him and say, hey, can you get me connected? And there's nobody he can't get to. But Dallas Frazier's one of those guys. And I, I'd never met him. I didn't know what he looked like. Just knew who he was. And there's this guy that looks like Jerry Clower, but this was ten years ago, eight years ago, it's 2015. Let's say. And he looks kind of like Jerry Clower, which people don't look like anymore. A lot of celebrities, you know, he had the big flowing hair, big fat guy with a like a leisure suit of an odd color, unironically worn, right? Bud Adams kind of thing. And he's big, fat sausage fingers with rings on them. Just ridiculous, like gold nuggets. Just ridiculous and loud and really loud, but, you know, beyond boisterous and sort of not, not altogether natural, as if to say, I, you know, it, it, it's the, the uh, whatever the guy's name was in Sopranos, you know, it's sort of like, drawing a lot of attention to himself. And, you know, all this is getting on my nerves, as you might imagine, as most things do, as Michael Robinson pointed out to me last week. 
and I'm about ready to tell him to shut up. And I leaned over to Tracy and I said, we're in the back. We're back like in this, it's a green room, but it's this big open area and all the families of, of the inductees. And Tracy is like the grand inductee. And I'm thinking, you're not with Tracy, so you need to pipe down over there. And he's probably 70. And I said, Tracy, who is that fat F who won't shut up? And he said, that's Dallas Frazier. I said, that's Dallas Frazier? And he said, yeah. Have you ever met him? No. Would you like to? A minute ago, I wanted to put a banana peel in his path. But now, yeah, I do want to meet him. Anyway, he's a great guy. He's a fantastic guy. But he's one of these larger-than-life guys that, that, that had such an effect, such, such an influence on the music we love. Writing Elvira is one of them. Uh, radio, I think he did a. I did. I think he did a show out of Dallas, if I recall. But anyway, well, I guess that would make sense. That was dumb. How did I not figure that out? Because I'm sure that's a stage name. But if you look up Dallas Frazier, he wrote Elvira and, and did a lot of other really cool things. Um. Anyway, I wanted to play this. Uh, I've been wanting to get to this all day. So there is a trade skill training facility offering free courses to help Houstonians get jobs. It opened last year. 300 young folks have taken part in free courses at TXRX Labs. Lots of them have landed jobs. J.P. Morgan Chase has invested more than $3 million in the facility. Their CEO, Jamie Dimon, says not teaching kids trade schools in grade school is keeping some from life-changing opportunities, and this is true in East Houston, ABC 13. J.P. Morgan Chase invested millions to help get this going. There are 40, nearly 40, private and par public partners that have come together to help train, educate, and get Houstonians jobs. It's something J.P. Morgan Chase's CEO says more schools should do because these skills can change generations. The glow from the flame isn't the only thing burning inside TXRX Labs in Houston's East End. These students' future is on fire, too. Since the facility opened last year, 300 have taken part in free courses, with many of them planning jobs. One of those is Lionel Ward. I learned about soldering, I learned about welding, I learned how to laser engrave. Ward says after the course, he landed a job building ambulances. When I explained about um, basically my soldering level was when they decided, oh, we're going to keep him. The success story, TXRX Labs, says more participants are discovering after completing free courses. Someone can come in here with little to no experience in welding or electronics technician work, and they can leave with a certification. TXRX Labs was designed to not just help people get jobs, but assist the region. If there's a, a natural disaster, a hurricane, are we gonna have folks that can help rebuild Houston faster, connecting to the building and construction trades? To make it happen, J.P. Morgan Chase invested more than $3 million. CEO Jamie Dimon wanted to see how it's going. He took a tour this week and spoke to students, one of those being Ward. There's a lot of tension in the air. <laughs> I uh, didn't know what to do. Ward overcame his fear and shared his story, something that resonated with Diamond, who believes not teaching kids in grade school trade skills is keeping some from life-changing opportunities. Some of the unions do a great job. Good enough. They take so here's the problem. There's been so much talk about sexualizing children that people are scared to have anything to do with children. And so what we've done is we have left children to video games. College 
that doesn't teach you any life skills. And we're, A, we're not preparing our society, but B, we are deserving these children and in the in the worst possible way, the worst possible way. I'm I don't know the numbers. I'll ask you the question. You answer it in your head. What percentage of eighteen year olds today do you think can change a tire on an, on the automobile they're driving, or on an automobile? What percentage? What percentage do you think can tie more than one knot? What percentage do you think can write in cursive? What percentage do you think? who did not come here as an immigrant, have even a kindergarten-level proficiency in one foreign language. I know, I know, Americans do not love foreign languages for a number of different reasons. But learning foreign languages is important for your brain development, not that you're being subjugated to a foreign culture. It's important. It's important for the same reasons we learn math. It's important for the same reasons we learn algebra. I don't even argue with people. Oh, I didn't need to learn algebra. Ain't nothing, I ain't never done no X plus Y equals Z in my life. Yeah, you have. You do it all day, every day. You're trying to figure out how many pallets can fit into that spot. And the only thing you know is the width and depth of that spot and how big the, the, the uh, uh, skid steer is and how much time you have. Yeah, that's algebra, whether you realize it or not. It's, it's teaching your brain to operate. It's a muscle that you're exercising. I hope you are enjoying our podcast, and just know that I love to hear from you. You can email me through our website at michaelberryshow.com, and I read everyone, and I, I try to respond to everyone. I'm also appreciative that you support our sponsors. Our sponsor, our presenting sponsor for our podcast, it makes this all happen, is Gallery Furniture, Jim McInville. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give you a cell phone number. 281-844-1963. Say, hey, Mac, thanks for sponsoring Michael Berry's podcast. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is. So I want to talk about internships in a moment, but here's what I, I'm going to open the phone lines. I want you to think. I want you to say it out loud before you call. I want you to think about what you're going to say. I'm good. You're good. The time of day is great. I want you to think about what's a job skill, a life skill or a job skill that school could teach, that's realistic for school to teach. And by the way, we ought to teach parenting skills. We ought to teach sex education. I am a big believer in that. I know I've had to argue with people. That's fine. We ought to teach the biology of pregnancy. I do believe we should do that. We ought to teach the we ought to teach home economics. We ought to teach how you prepare a tax return. 713-999-1000. If it is to be, it's up to me. One of the best lines I learned from Eddie Martini. It's not his own line. It's been around for a while, but it's one of his codes of ethics. Uh, accountability. It's very important. There is a program that my buddy Chance McLean is going through now. Can I be honest about Chance for a minute? It's going to come off as an insult, and I don't mean to, for it to come off as an insult. 
Okay, can you set that in advance? So three years ago, Chance McLean was, how do I say this, Ramon? He was not a picture of good physical health. Um, but, you know, we all distribute weight differently. When I got up to almost 250, I had a fat ass, right? Not everybody does. Some people have a big belly. I'm not a belly guy. I had a fat ass. My brother had a fat ass. My mom has a fat ass. It's just that's the Higginbotham's we grew, we grew up with, fat ass. It's just some Earl Campbell, fat ass. Uh, most men put on weight in their belly. Well, I'm talking about Chance's body, and you're not even paying attention. Mine was my ass. Um, and but mine will go to my face. So when I lose weight, you can tell because I keep my face lean. Well, chance you couldn't tell was carrying a little extra weight that he need to carry because his face always looked good for photos. And but he knew it, I knew it, and American people knew it. As Bob Dole would say. Well, then I go and lose all this weight and get healthy, and he has to hear me talking about it every day because I'm one of those people, and he goes and does it, and I show up to uh, officiate his daughter's wedding, and he hadn't told me how much he'd lost. And damned if he didn't look like a million bucks in a new suit. I was so proud of him. So he got into this program called 75 Hard. It's not a challenge. In fact, the guy that um, we're, we're setting up an interview with the guy right now. Uh, it is not a challenge. He hates that word. It is about confronting things in your life that are hard, doing difficult things because they are difficult. I don't mean go trying to climb the side of a cliff or do something stupid. That means if you don't want to take out the trash, therefore take out the trash. People that have self-control are so few. They are the decision makers, the leaders, the stalwarts. And there's two types of mindset. Are you a person that puts things off, procrastinates, uh, makes excuses? Are you a person who just gets it done? You find you somebody like that, that is what our team is. We have a tight team of Jim, Ramon, Chad, and me, where if something comes up that needs to get done, boom, everybody, first one, we're on it. You see organizations, business organizations that run this way. You see a manager or assistant manager who walks through a restaurant. They're walking through. They could be hiding in the back in the office pretending to uh, they're walking through and they're scanning and they see a piece of paper on the ground. Boom, they're picking it up. There's been 10 waiters walk past it, but that guy picks it up. That's the guy you want right there. All right, uh, be quick. Thanks for calling in, 713-999-1000. We'll start at the top and go down, Ramon. RT, you're on the Michael Berry Show. Go ahead. Any of these on the black line? Michael, thank, thank you for what you do. Um, about these young people, I'm the product of a guy in high school who didn't make good grades and stuff. A lot of my friends were the same way. We wanted to be out there working. We had something called industrial cooperative training class. Charlie Holden, Robert E. Lee High School, San Antonio, the early 70s. Charlie Holden was the meanest looking old man you ever saw in your life. Flat top haircut, looked like a drill sergeant. He taught us plumbing. He taught us mechanics. He taught us it. engineering. He we got to bring that back. We got to bring that back. We've got kids from when they're five or six to when they're 18. We're air conditioning them, we're giving them books, we're giving them lunch. What we ought to be doing is giving them skills to succeed in life. Professional skills and personal skills, period, end of story. 
There's a school called the Constantine School. I won't go into the long story about why it came up on the show. But I keep hearing about this school over and over and over again. And by the way, every one of you, you don't need to just say, well, the school's going to hell. Do it. You got a machine shop. You got an electrical shop. You got a plumbing shop. You got a, a paint shop. You got a woodworking shop. Why not take on a kid this summer? Bring them in. Pay them 10 bucks an hour. You can afford it, and you'll feel good about it. And if nothing else, have them be a helper. Tell them what time to show up. Sit down and communicate clearly with them. Don't tell me how lazy they are. Then sit down on day one and say, hey, you can succeed here or you can fail here. Here's what's expected. Here's your list. Here's what you can and cannot do. Here's when lunch is. Here, If you have a question, you ask me. You show up on time. If you don't, you're fired. Simple as that. If everybody did that, we'd solve these problems and we wouldn't have Democrats. Every one of you. You don't have to be a big fancy company. You got an unair conditioned warehouse. Well, you need you need somebody to sweep, don't you? You need somebody to run documents from the front to the back. Bring these young people in and invest in them. They might be named Pablo. They might speak with an accent. They might be named Reginald. That's okay. Spend some time. You'd be surprised. That's how we fix the problems in this country. Robin, you're up. What skills do young people need to learn? They need to learn how to drive. They need to bring back driver's education. It was a requirement when I went to high school back in the 70s. Amen. And you know the worst drivers are foreign drivers? Because they, they weren't raised in the back seat of a station wagon, learning our mode of driving. And you see it. At that... That is the thing about the big city that drives me crazy. You move out and you get Americans that have lived here their whole lives. They understand the drill. You're driving on a country road. You put one finger up on your steering wheel as a a hello, but you do do that. Because if you don't do that, I'm going to chase you down. Belina? Belina or Belinda? Belina. Belina? Belina Polka. Oh, yeah, Yeah. I know who you are. Go ahead, sweetheart. Um. Polka dancing, folk dancing, character and respect building. These are ways to get kids involved in their community. Amen. And by the way, you got to bring back the community centers. Houston had to, used to have a thriving Czech center. We've had Polish centers. We've had um, Alliance Francaise, but that's a little more elevated. Um, you got to bring back these community centers. That's how you keep your community alive. That's where you, you, you step in. If a man goes off to war and doesn't come home or a man leaves the family, in, in a small community like I grew up with, the community closed ranks and helped that woman. That kid had a bunch of avuncular figures, a bunch of uncles that stepped in and made life better. You've got to bring all that back. You can't just say, well, things aren't the way they used to be. Why aren't they? What are we doing to fix it? If it is to be, it's up to me. You're not going to change the whole world, but you'd be surprised what you could do. And by the way, it's purely selfish because you'll feel good about it. The Michael Berry Show. This is The Michael Berry Show. The Verve. You know he committed suicide. Yes, he did. Why do you fight me on this every time? Look him up. He committed suicide. I'm telling you, he did. Stupid. I need people on the other side of the glass that agree with me. He committed suicide. Look it up. You argue this every time and you never look it up. Well, somebody did. Make me a list of who committed suicide, and I'll tell you which one is most like that. 
I got people out here telling me I'm, I confused Dallas Wayne and Dallas Frazier. I didn't say we're 100% correct. That was Rush that did the 99.6%. Hell, if I hit 80, I'm good. I mean, what have you lost? Dallas Wayne, Dallas Frazier, something Dallas. You get the point? Don't get focused. Don't major in the minors here. 713-999-1000. Skills you should learn. Skills are schools. You know, we've got these kids. We spend all this taxpayer money. By the way, we're spending 60% more than we were 10 years ago, public schools in Texas. Don't tell me how uh, uh, school choice and all that is going to kill the public. Public schools is a racket. And by the way, they've caught these rural Republican voters up in this. Y'all going to take away my school with this school choice? No, nobody's taking away your school. Because who? if your local school is good, the public school... Where are they going to take a voucher to go? If you got a great public school. By the way, I'm getting lots of emails from people saying they should learn manners, they should learn this, and that's teachers who give a damn. You got teachers now that are freak shows. This is the problem. You got teachers now with the pink hair and the purple hair and the bone through the nose that are mental health subjects. They're nut jobs. They're wackos and weirdos. They should have no business around a child. They should, they should all be in some sort of counseling session. Instead, they've gravitated to the schools. They're lazy, they're arrogant, and they're unhinged. And thank God for TikTok because you can see it. They're all little Antifa members in waiting. All right, to the phone lines we go. Andrew, you're up. Go. Yes, I agree with that. You were just reading my mind about the teachers. I had thank a teacher you. when I was in high school. And it taught me power transportation, small engine repair. And he brought his own welding and sandblasting stuff to class, and we got to do all that. That was one of the greatest classes ever. It lets you learn a trade, figure out where you might want to end up when you get older. Where'd you end up, Andrew? What do you do? I'm a public health employee, and I love it to death. In what capacity? Are you you a physician? Are you a writer? Are you a grant writer? Environmental. What? Environmental. Oh, okay. All right. Cool. Thanks for the call, bud. You got a good radio presentation. Jeremiah, you're up. Michael, hey, man. Uh, in high school, I'm 53. Um, we had vocational, taught shop, welding, electrical engineering, auto body. They need to bring that back. What do you do now, out, Jeremiah? Uh, 18. I am a fabricator. I've been fabricating for 35 years. I run my own shop. No student loans. Uh, make six figures a year. I've got a daughter that's 18 now. She's fixing to come to work for me, um, and she's wanting to go into electrical engineering and change her own tire. Jeremiah, I could listen to you talk for hours. <laughs> I could. I'm sorry. Well, I like to talk. So, <laughs> well, I'll tell you but, what. Uh, it's, it's not just your accent. There is an unashamed, yeah. unabashed, unvarnished honesty to it. It it is it is the highest compliment I can give someone and that is it is authentic. It is real. Thank you. So much of American society now is the act of um smoothing off the edges. This is what globalism does. Everything is is designed right. to take what comes naturally to you Everything is designed to take what comes naturally to you away, to tell you it's evil, 
a sexual attraction to the opposite sex, a desire uh, to, to watch uh, a sporting event, a desire to want to smash something on occasion, a desire to want to build uh, something yeah. on occasion, um, a desire to, to numb our mind uh, with a beer, uh, a desire to – all of those sorts of things. And, and there's just such an honesty I can hear it in the way you talk, in in the de- in not just your accent, but your delivery and you, in in your passion. I love it. I wish you call more often, Jeremiah. Yeah, I try. You're hard to get into, and uh, I I try just about every day. I listen to you in the mornings. I listen to you in the evenings. I'm from uh, Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Are you there now? Yes, I am. Right on. Uh, I'm overdue for a Tuscaloosa market visit. I'm actually overdue for an oh, Alabama State awesome. tour. Uh, but, yeah, you please call back, Jeremiah. You made my day. I'm, I'm glad to know people like you are out there. Leslie, you are up, sweetheart. Go ahead. Hey, Michael. <clears throat> I am a retired home act teacher. Les, uh, went to, taught at Orangefield, taught 28 years. And I will tell you, everything that people are calling in to complain about it is still taught in schools throughout the state of Texas. Auto shops, woodworking classes, the home ec classes, the how babies are made, all of those classes are still taught in schools. Not all schools, but most of them. It's the career and technology courses. That makes me very happy. <clears throat> Michael T. came home the other day, and he was a little rattled because it was a kid that had gone to his private school, and she'd gone off, and she got caught up in drugs. Uh, she became an alcoholic. She got caught up in, in the hard drugs, and she said she was probably an alcoholic by between 8th and ninth grade, somewhere second half or beginning, of, second half of 8th, early part of ninth. And she talked about how many of her peers were and didn't realize it, but she looks back now. It's just a term. You can call anything what you want. But she talked about the behaviors and, and the frequency and, and, and the need for that, as not as much physical as psychological, that you don't feel comfortable in a public setting unless you're drunk. You're going through things drunk all the time. We're talking about 8th, ninth grade. We're talking about kids with, with parents with money and, and privilege. And she ends up in college, and she ends up getting herself date raped. And she said, look... Those people did something wrong, but I put myself in a situation where, and you see people who do this, but she takes complete responsibility. And her message to these kids was, hey, you're, you're going off, most of you are going off to college. Um, look, there's going to be a lot of things presented, and there are consequences. There's a cost to everything, even if it's handed to you free. And now you got fentanyl, and, and you can die the first time you try it. And every decision you make has a consequence, good or bad. You know, serve the future you sort of thing. And I was glad that the school did this. Not A lot of parents were not glad, and I understand why they felt like this was too much and this should be taught at home. But I was glad the school did it. it. It led to three nights in a row of family discussions, including with Crockett, about, look, these are things that are going to be presented to you. We don't allow our kids to drink. I know a lot of parents think we're, you know, some sort of mujahideen or whatever, uh, but we don't believe that kids should be drinking before they're 18. And that's fine if you do, you know responsible drinking. I didn't, my wife didn't, and and we're pretty strict on that. But 
These are the conversations we need to be having around the dining room table. You can't fix the whole country, but you can fix your family. You can do that, and you should. Thank you to Mattress Mac for sponsoring our podcast and our show and for believing in the message we preach here every day. If you would, if you need, you need to buy a bed, you need furniture, solid wood, American-made furniture uh, delivered today, go see Mac at Gallery Furniture. And if you don't need it anytime soon, send him a text and say, hey, thanks for supporting the Michael Berry Show podcast. 281-844-1963. Yeah, that's his number. 281-844-1963.